Hey there, Baylor Nation. I'm DJ Ramirez here with Tim Longoria, and you are listening to Don't Feed the Bears. It's our first episode of the fall semester. We are back um, after a very long time. I think it's been since March. Our last episode came out, and it's been a crazy few months. It's been a crazy summer. I know um, with everything that's going on and COVID and, you know, half of the sports in the country getting canceled but we are here and we are ready to bring you all the news uh related to Baylor athletics so um welcome Tim this is your first time on Don't Feed the Bears uh new staffer uh how's it it is it is it is my first time DJ thank you for having me on this it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun and I'm willing to help in any way that I can I'm really excited to get started to start get, talking about sports now because it's we've had nothing for so long and now they're all coming back in one big loop and I'm really excited to get going um, with that so I think we should just jump right into it yeah for sure I mean I think one of the biggest things that I know we talked about that I want to cover was just everything that's happened in the past few months um, related to college athletics and how we almost didn't have a season and the possibility mm-hmm. of still not having a season, having it canceled because of this virus that is, you know, still very present um, in our country right now. Um, But I just kind of wanted to know your thoughts on, you know, where you were, what you thought, what your impression was when you heard that the Big Ten and the Big Pac-12 had canceled their seasons and the possibility of there not being football at all. Right. Yeah, I was... I was reading a lot of stuff on Instagram and Twitter about like a a lot of rumors about how they were going to cancel um, all of college sports and every conference um, with, with the pandemic going on and whatnot. And then I was hearing more rumors about how the SEC wasn't going to follow anything and how they were going to be the ones to, to do everything like they have in the past. And then I was hearing that they were going to cancel Big Ten, but leave Pac-12 or cancel Pac-12 and leave Big Ten. And um, so it's all it's all just been one crazy whirlwind of um, circumstances. But I, I was I don't exactly know where I was when I found out that the Big Ten and Pac-12 were canceled. Um, but considering the Big Ten is is basically uh, Big Ten and Pac-12, I guess, have a lot of powerhouse teams, um, especially like I, a lot of people think um, that Ohio State uh, deserves to be the number one team uh, in the country right now, and they're not even going to be able to play. Um, so I was I was a little concerned about that, and and then we and then you begin to hear people talking about uh, on the teams who want to play and who would do anything to play, and all the marches of letting the boys play and or, or don't let them play, and all the all the uh, arguments with that going on. It's just it's just all crazy right now. Um, but I think. I think the big 12 and sec and um, the other conferences like that are doing a, a good job of, of course, in the COVID restrictions, uh, they're doing a great job of, of getting back into the loop and giving people sports and having the boys play. Um, and I feel like if you can do it in a safe way and if your players are up for it, I say go for it because especially in this time we need positivity and America needs football. <laughs> and I personally think um, 
and I think it's just going to be a great way to, to bounce back as a, as a nation because football is something that so many people love. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me whenever this news came out was that there was just so much misinformation and lack of transparency and lack of leadership. And that was kind of where the issue lied was like, okay, will we have a season or not? Whatever the decision is, like it has to be unanimous and we have to have all the information that we can to understand why they made that decision. But um, like my biggest thing was just like, I didn't understand their reasoning behind it um, mm-hmm. and why, you know, the Pac-12, the SEC and the ACC decided that, yeah, it was okay to play football. It's safer for these guys to be on campus and to, you know, be under the same disciplined um, restrictions and protocols all at the same time instead of um you know going home or like even even if they're still on campus and not not being on the football field you know right yeah well that that was just kind of the biggest issue that I saw with that like even if they had canceled it just yeah that there was so much infighting within the Big Ten um the Pac-12's decision was a lot smoother but you know Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, just that lack of cohesiveness, that lack of leadership. I think it's, I think it's, uh, sorry to cut you off there, but I think it's, I think it's kind of difficult to please everybody because there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Uh, a lot of people want to play and a lot of people don't want to, um, considering with all the opt-outs in professional football and, uh, collegiate football and not just football, but opt-outs everywhere. Uh, for people concerned of their health or they might have somebody close to them that's immunocompromised. And, and I get that. And I feel like it is, it is your choice to opt out or not, but I also feel like it's, it's your choice to play. And there are, there are plenty of players who and players and families and teams who want to get out there and play. And I think to shut down the entire conference teams like Nebraska and Iowa and those teams who want to get out and they're like, well, we'll play anybody from any conference. We just want to play. And th- their teams want to play. I'm just, it's, it's really frustrating to, to see those kids work so hard for something, weight room, film, all the time that they've dedicated to that sport and not even get to play it. Um, especially when they were coming out with saying that uh, the Big Ten or Pac-12 is going to start in Thanksgiving or in January. And I, I was watching a, uh, I was watching SportsCenter and the anchor on there was talking about how that just makes no sense at all, because why not just start them now? Because Thanksgiving is only two months away. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just, it's just difficult to please everybody right now. And I know that the leaders are in a tough position. Um, but if the majority of people want to play, I say, let them play. Yeah. Well, um, obviously that, that decision kind of impacts all of college sports, even though we are uh, Big 12, SEC, ACC are still playing, um, you know, that's kind of led to some of the smaller sports are being affected, like soccer, volleyball. Um, they won't have postseason in the fall. They might get to in the spring. That hasn't really been decided. And these are all things that, you know, with time, will kind of come to a conclusion um but just as as of right now it's it's all up in the air and we're kind of just rolling with the punches and hoping that we get to play a full season of football that we get to see you know uh the smaller sports come back later on even Mm -hmm. if it is in the spring 
um, right. even if it's more difficult, but for sure. Um, it, that kind of leads me into what you thought about the Big 12's response. Obviously, Baylor playing in the Big 12, and, mm-hmm. and if they made the right decision and, and what they've done with the protocol so far. So I think, you know, so far we've seen, we've seen a pretty good, swift, um, decisive response from the conference. Sure. Sure. I think, I think they've done a fantastic job and not just Baylor in itself, but everybody who's decided to play, um, there are, there are going to be positive cases. Um, that's just, it's going to happen. It's a nationwide pandemic. Um, as unfortunate as that is, um, we still have to move forward and we can't get, we can't get stuck down in, um, shutting everything down. And this is just my opinion. We can't get, we can't just shut everything down. Um, we have to keep moving forward and keep that positivity up. Otherwise, um, it's just going to be way worse for us. And I think Baylor, um, has done a fantastic job in keeping their players, um, smart. I, every time I'm in class or around campus, I, and I see a Baylor football player or soccer player or any type of athlete, they have masks on They're uh, staying six feet away from people because they they truly care about their season, um, about their teammates, their coaches, um, and everybody else that is supporting them because they want to, of course, they want to play and show out and perform, but they also want to make everybody who supports them happy as well. And I think, and everything that I've seen on campus, I it's probably the same for you as well because I know you've seen them around. Um, but they've, they've been doing a fantastic job. And I'm sure that's everywhere um, on, all the, on all the big 12 conference camp, uh, campuses because these, the coaches and staff has told everybody, if you guys want to play, you're going to have to follow this, this, and this. And I think the players understand that. Um, they want to get back to it because we've been gone. No spring football, um, and like no spring sports and stuff. March Madness was canceled early. And it's just everybody wants to get back so bad. So I think they're chomping at the bit to um, follow every guideline in place. And I think they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, they're getting tested three times a week and they have to quarantine. Um, if there is a positive case, they, you know, have all of these precautions in place. And um, even with when we saw uh the athletes last week come out and and hold their rallies um, in support of social justice, which we'll get to in a bit. But, um, you know, even then they were trying their hardest to, you know, stay six feet apart. They had their masks. They, um, you know, were distance. And uh, I know Coach Aranda has talked about this the entire time that we've uh, been discussing the season with him and with the players of just, you know, their they're taking this seriously. They want to play. Mm-hmm. They're being disciplined. Um, you know, whatever else is happening with the student body on campus, at least, you know, the athletes themselves want, you know, they have their priorities straight. Um, right. So, you know, eventually we, we just have to all get on the same page if we want to I think, football. Yeah. I think that, I think that the athletes um, are in the perfect place to set a good example um, because I know me being a freshman, it's crazy to see the collegiate athletes up close and personal because we, you know, coming from high school and middle school and all that stuff, it's just, you see them on TV and you don't see them behind the scenes in class, working hard, doing things that us normal students do. Um, I think that they set a great example for, and of course you're going to get that 
small portion of people who don't follow the rules and um, who, who act out irrationally. But uh, for the majority of people, I think we look up to the athletes um, and the people who, who have carried the program, um, who set an example on Saturdays. Um, and I think that's just a, a great way to move forward, especially for somebody who's not used to college right now. you got to look to how um, big names do it. And, uh, and I think they're setting a great example. Yeah, and uh, as far as like these COVID precautions, we've already seen some football games played these past two weeks, and, and right. so far everything went off without a hitch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, guys with their masks on the sideline, the refs with their mask, and they're not having real whistles; it's all electronic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, getting tested and, and being rigorous, and then you get to see actual football, um, even if it is from far away. Not too many people in the stands, I know when we go play this weekend mm-hmm. um we're, we're at a 25 percent capacity there's a limited amount of student tickets that are going to be available and even us we only get two press passes for the entire you know sports section of the lariat um right. and we don't get to go down to the field that's only for the teams and and their staff just to keep everybody safe um mm-hmm. and those are just some of the things that we're having to work through and getting adjusted but uh, we're, we're going to have sports back on campus and um, we're going to enjoy it for as long as we can. Mm-hmm. You um, love to see it. <laughs> it's like you said, it's uh, and not, and not a lot of people understand um, that the it's, first of all, it is a business and obviously it brings in a lot of the school's money, but of second of all, it is a way, you know, that our community comes together and it's mm-hmm. a way that it's a way of life for people. And in a time where everything is upside down, trying to hold on to the best parts of that is, in my opinion, very important. Right. I think it's I, I think it's very, very positive for um, not even just Baylor students, but and not even Big 12 students uh, and every conference and everybody who watches those games on TV to see those players and the staff and the people abiding by the rules in the stands, if they are in the stands at all. Uh, I think it's, it, it's just really positive for the people watching on TV to, to see it done right and to see it done like correctly and safe. And just, it just, it's just really good to see that um, being somebody at home, whether it might not be the same, like you could be up in, the North um, and one of the conferences that aren't playing, but you still get to watch football happen, even if it's not your team. And I still think that's a, that's a win in itself. Yeah. And um, moving on to something else that's been impacting the world of sports and, you know, um, I'm not a person that likes to get political, but I don't see this as a political issue. I see Mm -hmm. this as, you know, it's, it's how everyone should be treated, but a lot of these athletes, professional athletes and college athletes, have been, you know, promoting social justice and treating everybody equally, you know, in the wake of right. all of this that has happened with like the Black Lives Matter movement. And, um, you know, even Baylor football had their own march uh, back two weeks ago. Um, I, I got that notification that day and I just rushed out there to, um, to cover that. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously you and I can't speak too much to it because where we have the luxury of not having to live through that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just want to know your thoughts about like, about that, about why 
that's an important issue that you know should be uh, spoken of in sports specifically. Right. I I definitely think I, I it's it's the it's the fact that I I'm in support of it. Um, I'm in support of every American's right to protest. It's it's your American right. I think you should get out there and stand up for what you believe in. Um, it's to the point where it gets violent, which I, I don't stand for, um, but I don't think many people do. And, and unfortunately, we live in a broken world um, where people do make mistakes. People act out like they're not supposed to. There are evil people in this world. Um, and unfortunately, that a lot of the news and um, stuff has shed light on those evil people and brought them out to where a lot of people can see them. But I think a lot of people need to realize that there are a lot of good people in this world as well. Um, and I, I'm proud of, of the athletes using their platform anywhere um, to protest and to shed light on the struggles that shouldn't be happening at all. Um, and it's so unfortunate that they are. And I, I wish I could do something to help. Um, but I think the biggest thing we can do right now is, is support them in any way that we can, while also showing love to others um, who might be going through something that, that we can't understand. I mean, we, you and I, um, haven't been through that and, and even the athletes might've not been through that, but they could have known somebody who has, or, um, seen somebody who has, it's just, it's a very unfortunate circumstance. I, I I'm in support of you using your right to protest and to stand up for what you believe in. And I would love to, and I hope everybody knows that you and I feel the same way. Um, about that. It's just to the point, I don't want people getting carried away and acting out irrationally um, and hating each other for stuff that we believe in. Um, it's, it's, it's a very sketchy issue to talk about. Um, but I think it's, I think it's good to talk about because it, it educates people. Um, people who were brought up, um, racism is not it's not a born trait it's taught and i think i think that's something that certain people are taught in their life and as unfortunate as as that is we need to do a better job of teaching people about how that's not okay um in any circumstance not just with black lives matter or uh, towards anybody um and i just think that's their marches and those players uh, platforms and signs and all that stuff um Although it does help, it also can be taken in the wrong way by some people, and it's it's a heavy issue to talk about. But I support it as long as it doesn't get violent. Um, peaceful protesting is a is a great thing. It's it's great to have the freedom to do that in this country. Um, and I just I I pray those issues get better as we move along as a country. And and I feel like we've been lucky enough to where all of all of our protests here, all of um, that we've seen all of the marches that we've seen um, carried out by the athletes and then carried out by the people of the city of Waco have been peaceful mm -hmm. and, you for know, sure. for have sure. promoted, uh, you know, their cause in a safe uh, manner. Right. Um, you know, and, and they just want to be heard. Uh, they of just want to create change. They want to see good in the world because that's, that's kind of mm -hmm. what we've been taught, especially here as Baylor students, you know, our, our mission is to um, treat everyone you know, the way we want to be treated, mm -hmm. the um, way Jesus treated other yeah, people the, and the way that, you know, Christians are taught to treat each other. So, 
Mm -hmm. um, and that's really what the message is that they're trying to promote, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So it is sad whenever you see fans or, or people that are like, oh, we're not going to support this team anymore because they, you know, are protesting this issue, but you can't act like you're a fan just on a Saturday. You know, you got to support right. them even off the field because they are people before they are athletes. Mm -hmm. and, and that's another, that's another issue coming into light through all of this. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think, I think for sure um, we're just, the athletes and even us as people, we're just trying to do the best that we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, we're like I said earlier, we're really excited because we finally get a football game this weekend. Oh my gosh. I can't, yeah. I can't even, I've, we've had football for these past couple of weeks, but to have Baylor football, it's just a different, uh, a different feeling. Yeah. I can't wait. You know, at, being at McLean, I know, me being a senior, you being a freshman, you haven't gotten to experience it, but being at McLean is one of the, like, most electric experiences ever. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, covering a game or even just being there as a fan, it's, it's, a, it's a really special feeling for sure. So we're excited right. to see some Baylor football this weekend. And it's not just the first um game of the 2020 season but it's the first game with dave aranda as our head coach right mm -hmm. yeah so um we're playing louisiana tech which uh coach aranda has faced before when he was at lsu what right. are your overall thoughts about the game this weekend and our opponent well, i was watching um coach aranda's press conference today that uh, happened a couple hours ago um and he was talking, uh, a reporter asked him a question about how he feels about since he was a, the defensive coordinator for LSU and he's seen the way that LA Tech practices and um, has foregone camps and all that stuff. And he's been in the midst of all that. I think um, he said that it gives him a, uh, an, a big advantage. Um, over that he can that he can use I don't want to say against them because that sounds that sounds bad but he's using his advantage um, to to have the upper hand in the best way that he can um, I think he he really knows since he was there and saw it he knows how LaTeX attacks the defense he knows how they um, adjust to other teams offense uh, he was talking about how they're just a physical team. Quarterbacks know where to put the ball. Receivers know how to go up for contested catches. Um, the linemen are going to hit him in the mouth. And I think I think they're a good football team. I think it's going to be a really good test for Baylor um, to come out of the gate in 2020 without any football or playing somebody that's not in a green and gold helmet. Um, so I think, I, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, I really I'm, – I'm excited to see how Baylor – um, acts and plays under coach Aranda because I know he's got a lot of stuff under his sleeve because he's coming from that championship team last year um, and winning a ring. And uh, it's, I hope he brings that to Baylor selfishly, <laughs> but um, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to see how he um, has inspired the team and, uh, and the team also, there's a lot of number changes. Um, yeah, we had, um, the, the single digit single numbers digits. with Charlie Brewer. Uh, Tristan Ebner and carrying on uh, oh, yeah. from Matt Rule's era, which you know, uh, 
Coach Aranda spoke, like one of the first things that was told to him when he came on this campus was you got to have the single digits, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that is earned. It's seen by the players as like you earn that. Your teammates vote on that for you. And, right. um, and yeah, it's, <laughs> some number of changes that aren't, weren't expected. Obviously, mm -hmm. Charlie Brewer has been the leader these past three, four years for them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and see, not seeing him in the number 12 is going to be so strange. But knowing that he's been working hard, especially after the way that his season ended last year, um, mm -hmm. and earning that number five, um, I feel like it's, it's pretty special. And, it's, uh, and, and then having those other guys that um, are getting these new starting positions, like Jalen Petrie, who's been here through not – only this recent coaching change, but also when mm -hmm. Coach Rule first got here, um, been through all of that, just graduated, and finally gets, you know, that uh, to be in that spotlight, to be a single-digit number. Right. Yeah. So um, I think I think it's I think it's super cool, uh, personally, about how uh, it's going to be weird not to see, like you said, not to see Charlie in twelve. Um, but I think it's really cool about how he changed it to five, and I can only help to think that it's because of his receivers like Jalen Hurd and Denzel Mims and the guys that he's thrown to and, and made a connection with. And he's basically honoring them. Uh, I would like to think through his senior season uh, using their number for, as his number. And then you get guys like RJ Sneed who have proven themselves at a young age, who is actually wearing the number zero, which is actually crazy. Um, for, for a receiver to, to wear that, that's going to be strange to see, but I, I love it. Um, and Tristan Ebner and John Lovett's keeping the seven, and it's going to be really cool, to, like you said, to see those young guys fill in roles. I know um, like Jalen Petrie and uh, Gavin Holmes has struggled with a lot of ACL, MCL injuries, and he's got a starting position I think I saw on the depth chart earlier today and that's just really cool to see those guys get up and back into it and um Terrell Bernard getting the number two it's just it, it's really cool to see all those guys stepping up fulfilling their roles and leading the team and it's not just one leader which is what I love to see it's it's specific guys um around the team that have just banded together earned those single digits and hopefully it's going to lead us to a championship yeah and um you know, going into this first week and, and seeing seeing the depth chart and uh, being kind of uh, surprised at our most recent transfer on the mm -hmm. O-line, uh, Jake Burton, excuse me, Jake Burton coming in from UCLA. Um, he's only been here a week and he's already got that starting position. So that says a lot about him, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Aranda was talking about how he came in at 6 a.m. every day and like just studied with Coach Wickline and you know going out mm -hmm. onto the field and already knowing the plays and already knowing the calls and just really impressed his new teammates. So I'm kind of excited to see um, what he's going to bring to the team on the offensive line, which is something that Baylor kind of struggled with last season and mm -hmm. um, and then also having you know all of these new guys in Dylan Doyle and William Bradley King who um, aren't starting this game but are definitely there for depth and, mm -hmm. and experience and you know they're battle tested Doyle coming in from Iowa William Bradley King from um, Arkansas State mm -hmm. and you know those are guys that have been highly um, touted since they arrived and right you know 
also all the young guys, the ones that have been here before and are finally getting to prove their mettle, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, I think it's really cool to, to see the physicality that the transfers are going to bring. Um, They're, they're going to bring what, which, which is what I think is really cool. They're going to bring what they've learned from their other previous programs um, and mesh it in with what they're learning in this program. And I think that's, that's an advantage in itself um, to see the physicality, to see their determination, um, how they're going to help out in the spots. If they're um, flexible to play different spots than they haven't played before to see where coach Aranda um, puts them. I know, especially with Dylan Doyle and the player from Arkansas state, it's just, it's, for coach Aranda being a defensive coordinator at LSU, he's, I feel like he uh, really values defense and that's something that Baylor excelled at um, last year immensely. I mean, they were uh, takeaway Kings <laughs> and it was, yeah. it was really cool to see that. But um, I think he's going to, I think it'd be really cool to see where he puts them uh, to fit in with the defensive scheme. Um, and also, young guys filling in spots of people who like uh, Xavier Newman Johnson, who are, are missing this game because of an uh, off the field circumstance. I think coach Randa was talking about that um, to have a young guy step up and uh, hopefully X man is doing all right. And we'll see, coach Randa said, we'll see him back the next game. Um, but that's, it, it's good to, to get those guys, the young guys, not on a huge stage with a, a conference game or um a bowl game, but to play La Tech and to get out there and experience a, a college game and to get the feel for it is, is really cool. And I'm excited for them. And, and, you know, without having the spring practices and the spring games and coming in late to fall camp, um, doing a lot of those zoom meetings and just getting to know the, his players. I think coach Aranda said that, you know, this is just kind of going to be that first test to see where the team is at on a real mm-hmm you know, in a real game. Um, right. And so, you know, I just, I just think that's it, that this is going to be a fun weekend, just kind of to see some football again and, mm-hmm. and see how they do. LA Tech is for sure a good team. Like, I, I should know. Of course. <laughs> um, I've got some friends out in Louisiana that um, go to LA Tech, so uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're excited for this game too. Um, yeah. And I, think it's good. Some, I think it's going to be good. We've got some other big games. Um, obviously, uh, some other uh, big games with the Big 12 coming back. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of I wanted to know what maybe some of your thoughts were on that, some of your predictions were for. Uh, on uh, games on which games specifically? Well, which one stands out to you the most, I think? Um, um, <laughs> I think, honestly, the Baylor game stands out to me the most. Uh, and I know that's kind of a cliche answer, um, but it, it's that's that's me speaking as a freshman um, and at, coming into actually being a student because I've been to Baylor games before, I've been to McLean before, um, but I could only imagine how different it's going to be actually being a student here um, and seeing those athletes day to day and going around. I think it's it's going to be a true test, like you said. Um, it's going to be good how how they're going to fit into the offense with the new coaching staff and run the defense. And I, I think it's a, a good test of how they're going to play. Um, and like you said, LA Tech's a good team. Uh, it's, a, it's a great 
it's a great starting game, which is what I'm really excited for. And usually we have those three non-conference tune-up games to get ready for conference play, um, but we only have one, uh, unfortunately, this year, but at least we have one. Um, so I think that's – I'm really excited to see what, what they can do um, on both sides of the ball, not just Baylor, but the L.A. Tech guys as well, because I know they've been preparing um, the same way. Uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're ready to attack. They're ready to play some football. And uh, I'm not just personally biased and excited for Baylor, but I'm also excited for Law Tech and to see what they can do um, to challenge Baylor and to give us a good game. Yeah, um, I think for me, the game that's standing out is the uh, Louisiana-Iowa State game. Um, you know, Iowa State's coming in from a, a pretty solid year last year, and they've got uh, a quarterback in Brock Purdy that is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in college football for th- not just this year, but next year. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, going on probably to a pro career, watching him play yeah. here last season, um, it was incredible just the way that he could he, he can throw and he can run kind of in, in the same way that these mm-hmm. other big quarterbacks um like Charlie like Sam Ellinger like you know that we've seen in our conference can play and yeah. um you know they they gave us a run for our money <laughs> for sure I think I think Brock Purdy has um I mean he's in talks for winning the Heisman and it, it, that's that's one of the biggest compliments that a player can get even if he doesn't uh, win the Heisman to even be considered in in that category is is crazy. I think he's uh, you're right. He he does utilize his legs well, and you don't see that in um, a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, it's it's fairly uncommon um, to be able to use your legs well and uh, make plays with them. But he also has great pocket presence. Um, I like how he steps up in the pocket and throws where his receivers are gonna be and not where they are. And I think I think he's been working. Uh, a lot with the Iowa State receivers and that's going to be a big test when they play us um, because they're going to have good chemistry and and Brock's a great thrower um, and a great runner just a great playmaker and I think Iowa State knows it and the entire conference knows it so they're going to be utilizing him in a huge way Um, but when we're speaking with quarterbacks uh, we also looked we also have to look to OU and talk about Spencer Rattler and how, how he's going to, how he's going to take over the OU offense, because I know they, they did lose a couple guys in uh, CD and Jalen Hurts and a couple of their playmakers, but that doesn't mean anything because they have playmakers coming right up, um, right up behind them. And as scary as that is, as a Baylor fan, I'm excited to see what Spencer Rattler does because he, he reminds me of just a, an OU Patrick Mahomes. And it's, it's crazy. Like his, his arm strength is, is impeccable. And the way that he can get out of escape the pocket, I watched him a lot in high school. And uh, of course on the QB one beyond the lights thing and on Netflix, um, that series when we get to see, see him in high school and uh, he's such a leader. And I feel like OU is really going to utilize him well. And uh, I know Lincoln Riley has built the reputation of quarterback U and having back-to-back Heisman winners. And, and it's, it's, it's really, really good to see kind of, kind of scary, but <laughs> we're, uh, I'm excited to see what they do in him. I mean, yeah, you never underestimate Oklahoma. Um, mm. Just, I, I, I had two Especially games. last year. <laughs> I had to, I had to cover two of those games and it was, yeah. um, they were a challenge and, and they're going to bring it this year. You know, they're never going to stop bringing the, that challenge, that, competitiveness and so for sure very excited to see what they do 
and uh, what we what Baylor does uh, to be ready for that um, mm-hmm. and be in contention. Uh, yeah, I think this was this was really fun. This is really fun having you on. Hopefully, we can do this again next week. I would love um, to. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was sure. it was really fun to talk to. Uh, somebody about all this who knows what they're talking about because <laughs> sometimes I get into a conversation and uh, it just kind of drones on with yeah. my voice and <laughs> but I'm glad that you asked me to do this and um, so thankful for your leadership and I hope we get to do it again oh thank you um, just quick before we go I want to remind everybody that Baylor soccer also starts their season this weekend um, 7 p.m. against TCU at Betty Lou Mays um, the ticket availability is very limited. They're only letting in about 50-ish students, uh, first come, first serve. Um, but for sure, you can't count out the Baylor soccer girls from having a great season. Um, and Coach Jobson has done a great job with them as well. Um, so, you know, we're ready for that. And then at the end of the month, we'll have volleyball back. Um, you know, top team contender, final four right. Uh, team that they might have lost some girls but they still have the best player in the country in Yossiana Presley so Mm -hmm. uh, we're excited for that so just stay tuned BaylorLaria.com for all of your Baylor athletics news this has been Don't Feed the Bears I'm DJ Ramirez here with Tim Longoria remember please don't feed them (laughs) thanks DJ